My thing to tell y'all is this, man. I'm not just somebody who gonna teach you. I'm not somebody who here just to give you information. I'm a show and tell. We're gonna build this up. I'm gonna tell y'all when I deploy more money. We're gonna make this portfolio be a million dollar portfolio right in front of y'all eyes. We're gonna do it over the long term. We're gonna actively manage this portfolio. We're gonna win some, may lose some. We're gonna actively get this to a million dollars. And not just by putting money in it, but by letting the market print money for us. I'll show y'all every now and then when I, I don't make option plays all the time. I make some leaps and I let them print a whole lot of money from me. And then I take some of the leap money and I put it over here. That's what I do. I take the leap money. If it gets up from a certain amount, I take the leap money and I put it in this portfolio. I put it in that portfolio. I don't never take the money out of here. The reason why I don't take the money out of here is because this is market money that I want to make money for me. It has no use for me in my pocket. I'm going to spend it. So the goal for me is to build this. And over the time, we will build this to a million dollar portfolio. I guarantee you it. So this is why each and every week I'm going to come up here and show you, hey, this is the recession portfolio. This is what's going on. This is what the recession portfolio is doing. And you know why? Because I want you to I want to show you all what Trap is doing, not tell you all. What's good? What's good? What's good? <sighs> Another week. Another blessing, another opportunity, man, where we get to truly come and bless the trappers with this amazing show. It's been such an amazing week. I got so much to smile about. Of course, we got so much to talk about. We want to just take a minute to be grateful. Let's just take a minute to be grateful. My dog Tootie got something real nice in the back. I think he's been working on this all week, man. Because we won't set the tone. We won't set a new president when it comes to financial literacy, when it comes to investing, when it comes to taking people to another level. See, there's a certain type of hunger you need to build wealth. It's really not for the weak. You know, I can tell you about being homeless before. I can tell you about being in prison before. I can tell you about being shot before. But honestly, none of that really matters. The only thing that matters is that each and every day, I am on a journey to set a new precedent for my family. And so I want you to ask yourself a question. What is the quality of life that you truly want to live? So before we get into this episode, I want you to like and subscribe. But this one going to be a a joyous event because my spirit is full. So y'all know Trapping Tuesday is not just about stocks. Yeah, we bring the vibe. Yeah, we bring the this information. 
but it's mostly about influencing you to make the change. It's mostly about influencing you to change your philosophy. It's mostly about influencing you to take advantage of this opportunity that we have. Because I'm not going to lie, y'all. I'm tired of hearing people saying, I wish I would have done this then. I'm tired of hearing people saying, I wish someone would have taught me that. Well, now we can be the someone that does all of those things. I think day before yesterday, man, I sat down in my crib and I watched the I Have a Dream speech. It truly touched me. It sat in my spirit. Because I asked myself, what kind of man delivers a speech like that? Who did he have to become? What was the vision that he saw? How did he look at his people? What type of man did he have to be to give that type of speech? I say that God was in it. He had a different spirit. And yeah, we can say he was this, he was did that, but his motive, we can't never deny what his motive was. His motive was for us to get on the other side. So we come here each and every Tuesday with a mission to elevate your mindset and your philosophy for those who are committed to the journey. Wealth inequality is a thing. It's a protruding dilemma that needs to be nullified. So much has been sacrificed. So many have been sacrificed. And yet and still, we are here. You cannot take away from the strides that we've taken. We cannot say that what they've done is in vain. But what we can say is up until today, we have not done enough. And so each and every Tuesday, I challenge you, the trappers, to do more. To do better with your money. To do better with the things that you let entertain you. I challenge you to change your philosophy. I challenge you to become the asset to your family. I challenge you to become the pioneer, the trailblazer, the runaway slave for your family. I challenge you to become that. That's uncomfortable. Because see, when we look at what the runaway slave had to do, he had to make a decision. She had to make a decision. They had to make a decision. Do I sit here where the quality of life is not what I want? Or do I take the chance? Do I take the chance and leave comfort for hire. 
Do I take the chance to leave comfort for freedom? Now, in between comfort and freedom, there is this place that is vulnerable. It is scary. You often don't even know what's there. It is the art of not knowing that keeps us in comfort. So I ask you, are you willing to be uncomfortable? See, building wealth is not something that happens overnight. And this is often what discourages most people. Because we want it to happen overnight. We think one sacrifice is enough to take us there. (laughs) Imagine just if this runaway slave made the first sacrifice, that that was enough to get them where they had to go. Here's the harsh reality. One sacrifice isn't enough. Here's the harsh reality. One book ain't enough. Here's the harsh reality. One sacrifice ain't enough. It's a start. But the goal is how do we finish? Time, freedom, wealth, opportunities. It's on the brink. I love where we at. I love the transition we making I love the awakening it's a glorious time y'all it's a beautiful time y'all and no matter what your race is if you come from poverty if you were wealth deprived This is an opportunity. Because for a lot of you, you are your family's only way out. For a lot of you, you are the ransom money that sets them free. And so with that being said, welcome to Trapping Tuesday, y'all. Today! Let me hear that track, baby. I like it. Talk to me. Talk to me, Tootie. Give me up a little more. Give me up a little more. Let's go. Yeah. Hit that like button while Tootie doing this thing, man. Subscribe to the channel. Share it. Go on, share this. Go on, share this. Go on, share this. Five more seconds. Today. Yeah. It's time to vibe. We on tonight. We got Jose in the building. We got G in the building. You know, Tootie on the track. We got Gindy on the camera. 
Got my homie D1 in the building, you hear me? Know the clap. Ah! Let's go, man. One more time, 25 seconds. That was good. All right, man, listen, man. Welcome to another episode of Trapping Tuesday, man. I'm telling y'all right now. I'm telling y'all right now. Blue Magic. That's a brand name. Like Pepsi. That's a brand name. I stand behind it. I guarantee it. They know that even if they don't know me anymore than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mill. They don't know it. They don't know it. Every week, man, we drop a blue magic, man. We will not. We will not give you anything less than what you deserve, man. All right, man. So let's get to it, man. Y'all know first and foremost, man. I just want to thank everybody for being here. You could be anywhere else in the world, but you chose to be here with us. And for that, we grateful. For that, you know, each and every week we give our best to deliver you A1 information, A1 energy, and just a vibe you can't find nowhere else. Let's clap it up for the vibe. Let's just clap for the vibe. You know what I'm talking about? All right, man, y'all know how I go, man. If you new here, Come have a seat at the table. Welcome home. If you're a returning trapper, you already know you got to sit on the side. Be cool to the guests. Right? Be cool to the guests. Let them get theirs first. Let them get their meal first. Guests get to eat first. We okay. Right? Let them know they welcome here. Let them know we family. Let them know we love them. You hear me? But listen, y'all know how I go, man. We are now got to say the certified trapper mantra. You know how the show start off each and every week, man. You know, so let's get to it. Right? Right hand over your heart. Listen, I am a certified Wall Street trapper. I'm confident in my ability to make great investments. The stock market is a machine that prints money, and I am more than capable of operating that machine. Not only will I free myself, but my family will eat for a lifetime based off the information I apply today. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. Today I break the chain that I anchored me to the poverty mindset. Ooh, that's good. My ancestors will smile because I have turned our last name into an asset. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today, I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. No longer will the generations behind me inherit lack. No longer will I submit to selling my time for money. I am a first-generation millionaire. I am the architect of my family's legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper, and Wall Street looks like us now. God, God. Hey, every time I, every time I say that thing, I get, I get like little goosebumps, y'all. Let's go, man. How you feeling in the chat? Let me know how you feeling. D1, how you feeling, brother? There we go. I like to hear it, man. We got some guests in the building tonight. You already know we appreciate our guests. Thank y'all for being here. Y'all get to witness this classic that goes on. We put in work every night. First, I got to announce what I want to make first and foremost. <sighs> Shout out to my brother Larry Morrow, man. 
His birthday is this weekend in Houston. And as always, he is going to take over the town. As someone who was born and raised in New Orleans, man, I watched Larry build this thing from the ground up. This is not promo. This is not me being paid to say this. This is not me even saying this because I want to build a relationship with him because I already have a relationship. This is my brother. I want to say I'm proud of him, but not just Larry. I am proud of the entrepreneurs who now represent New Orleans. I can proudly say that in my 40 years of living, this is the first time that I've ever seen my city not represented by dope dealers and killers. If you're from New Orleans, you already know what it is. This is the first time that my city is not represented by dope dealers and killers. So shout out to Larry, shout out to Super, shout out to B. Marie, shout out to Judy, shout out to D1, shout out to Black Smoke, shout out to all the other entrepreneurs that I am glad to be a part of that society that brings, shout out to my brother King Mac Fitness, that brings value in line. Shout out to these people, man, for bringing value to our city. And I know for a fact Houston going to be lit this week. So I'm going to go help my brother celebrate his birthday. But not just that, we're going to celebrate life and we're going to celebrate all of his accomplishments. So Larry, shout out to you, brother. Keep making strides. Let's clap one time for Larry, y'all. All right, man, let's just get into it, man. First segment is Word on the Street, man. Hey, we had a hell of a run. We had a hell of a run, y'all. We've been having a hell of a run the last couple days. I'm, I'm going to just keep it real. Like, so the new year has actually set a new president. It kind of has me thinking, is this a rally? Is it a bull market rally, a bear market rally, or is the consumer feeling more confident? Now, we got a CPI coming out this week, so we'll talk about that. But today, the Dow Jones is up. Today, Dow Jones is up. Not mad at that. Let's clap for the Dow Jones. Let's give it a money machine. Beep. All right, today, the S&P was up. Let's give it a money machine. And today, the NASDAQ was up. All right, now, check this out. What I will say is this, y'all. So the NASDAQ is up 3% on the year. That's not bad. 3% on a year is not bad talking about a index that got punished last year. Right? So the question now that's looming in the market is, is it time to buy tech? I don't know. We'll talk about that a little later. Because y'all know that I've told y'all a million times that the market is the king of the pump fake. I think the market's pump fake is better than Kobe's pump fake. You know, before Kobe would just pump fake, you do the turnaround, one step, lay up off the glass, he got you. Or you do the pump fake, turn around like Mike, one leg, knee up so you can't block it, you can't do that. Like off the glass, he calling it. Like, I think the market is the king of the pump fake. So I do not want you to buy into the fake rally. But I will tell you a couple moves that I did make that made me about four grand today. We'll talk about that a little later. 
Let's go with the heat check, man. So right now, check it out, man. We had a peak put call ratio of 0.99. Now, what does that mean? Now, usually I don't put a lot of emphasis on this, but this week I want to put a lot of emphasis on this. I want y'all to, to really hone in. Dave, leave that on the screen for a second because I want them to see this, right? So I want y'all to pay close attention to this. So we already know that when the, when the put call ratio is one or more, that means the market is in bearish or we'll just say like the sellers are being real active. But I want you to pay attention to how close the put call ratio is. It's not a blowout. It's not a blowout. So this tells us a lot. So let's think about it. So we had 3,166,000 calls. That means we had a lot of buyers in the market today. A lot of buyers was in the market today. Remember last week we talked about something. We said, I said... Jose, this should be a mark my words segment. But I said, once China reopens, once China reopens, we'll see a different type of market. Now, China hasn't reopened, but what they've done is they've whispered, hey, we thinking about easing some of these COVID restrictions. Right. Right. Let's back up. So we have three million one hundred sixty six thousand eight hundred and fourteen calls. In, and then we have three million one hundred twenty five thousand six hundred and eighty five puts in. Now, for all my people, here's what I want you to understand. This is how the market moves. This tells us if the market is greedy or this tells us if the market is fearful. Now, at one point that tells us that the market is being fearful. Now, watch this. This is what I want you to really focus on. Dave, put it up there. Let them see it again. Let them lock into it. Here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I really like right here. This tells me that this is not truly a rally, but it can be a pump fake because the calls and puts are only a few thousand away from one another. So that means we still had a lot, of, a lot of sellers in the market. You feel me? So now we're talking about, we're going a little deeper right here. We're going a little deeper right here. So if we see that there's 3.1 million, like 3,166,000 calls, and we have 3,125,000 puts, that tells us that there's still a lot of what? Sellers in the market. Now, if that would have been 2.8 million puts and 3.1 million calls, I would have kind of like, all right, bet. I ain't tripping. So for everybody who don't know what calls is, calls are people who are buying stocks, right? They're buying they're saying that the market, they're optimistic about where the market is going. They're optimistic that the market is going up. Right. So if people are buying calls. D1, I want you to listen to me right here. You feel me? I'm talking some talk for you. I'm going to make you some money. Right. So if people are buying calls. That means they're buyers of optimism. Let's say that. Right. Got my dog, Jose, son up in here. You hear me? Sooner or later, we'll get him on the show. We're going to let him do an option segment. Yeah, but he got to get he got to get his spicy talk up a little more. He got to talk. He got to say it with his chest a little more. He's still a little. Cause it puts. He got to say it with his chest a little more. You feel me? 
All right. So if people are buying calls, that's telling us that they are optimistic about what's ahead. Right. Matter whether it's short or long, it's telling us that they're optimistic. But if we look real close, we see there's also 3.3,125,000 puts in. That still tells us that a lot of people are pessimistic about the market. So for me, this is an indicator not to buy into what's going on. True enough, true enough. So this is this is like a this is like somebody who's paying attention to detail. So this is beside the, the technical analysis. This is beside the fundamental analysis. This is now going inside the details to see exactly what's going on. Are y'all with me right now? Are we trapping right now? God damn it. Right. So we're going inside the details to find out. Right. So what happened was if I would have saw two million, if I would have saw two million puts, I would have said, OK, this may be a rally. Right. This may be a good rally. Right. But I didn't see that. They were real, real close. And so for that, I'm truly not buying what's going on. Let's go, man. All right, so I look at the top 10 sectors of what's going on right now, man. Consumer discretionary is up. Consumer staples is minus. Energy, y'all know I've been liking energy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not leaving energy alone. Financials, healthcare, industrials, materials. I stay away from materials. Real, real estate, information, technology, communication, service, and utilities. Everything was up except for one segment. So we're not going to really beat that up too much. Let's go, man. How we feeling, man? Make sure you hit the like button. All right, so here's the mix-up I want to talk about. This is good. This is good. This is good. This is really, really good right here. Here's why this is good. So last year, healthcare and energy held the market down. So you had your Merck was up like 60% last year, right? Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, these, like, they held it down. ExxonMobil, Chevron, they dominated the market last year. So, so far in 2023, these stocks are actually down. So, here's the mix-up. Watch this. Let's go a little further. Here's the mix-up. Big tech is now up. We got Amazon up 8%. We got Facebook up 7%. And then we got Amazon up 5%. Now... Let's take a step back and analyze. So this might, this may be misleading. So this may tell us, hey, trap. It is now time for us to buy big tech right now. I'ma say, pump your brakes. Pump your brakes a little bit. I'ma say, wait till after Thursday. Let's hear. The sentiment that Jerome Powell puts in the market. Now, we got to ask ourselves this question. He's in a situation where we have to now say, what's the lesser of two evils? Do we go into a recession, deeper recession, or, watch this, do we let inflation eat us up? I personally don't think it's time for us to buy Big tech. 
So some people may feel like, trap, I done missed on an 8% rally. I missed out on a 7% rally. I missed on a 5% rally. Well, you haven't truly missed. You haven't truly missed. We will not let FOMO, fear of missing out, make us buy at the wrong time. Remember the one thing I often say, a great investment is a great company is not a great investment if we buy it at the wrong price. So I think you'll see some of those scale down a bit. I think you still got time. All right, so let's look at something right quick, though. Here's why I want you to understand something. Let's look at the things that have led the market. So did we have a Santa Claus rally? Yes, we did. This is why people are optimistic right now. What is the Santa Claus rally? It is the rally that happens at the end of the year, going into the beginning of the year, that's saying people are... Now, remember this, though. Tax harvest selling is a thing. So that's people. Remember, I told you I did it. I sold some of my... Two of my losses in a recession portfolio to be able to write that on my taxes, to use that for me. So we got to ask ourselves this question. The Santa Claus rally did happen. Positive. The first five days of January have happened. Positive. This didn't happen last year. So now what I want to do is I want to watch how the market performs in January. January is often the indicator that sets the tone, right? So we're looking at January and we're saying, how is the market performing in January compared to what we've seen in the previous year? Here's the thing. I want you to listen to this. If January follows the same train as December, then we're in trouble. If January sets a new norm, people become optimistic. So right now what I'm doing is I'm giving you a... We're really having surgery right now. We're dissecting how the market moves. My goal is to teach you, entertain you, and let you catch a vibe. Right now I'm in teaching session. All right, so I want you to look at something. Let's move a little further. Let's move a little further. Here's what I want you to know. This is key. D1, take a snapshot. I want you to understand this. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to understand. All right? This is truly important for you. There's always a couple days of the year that sets the market, that predetermines how the market will operate. Right? So when we think about the market running, there's only a couple days. There's only like five to eight days. Appreciate you for the super chat, Shannon White. Thank you so much. There's only a couple days in a year that the market really just gets on fire. Where we'll have those five, seven, six percent run-ups. And if you miss those days, you change your percentage by 10% or better. How do we miss those days? We miss those days by not being in the market. Here's my favorite saying, time in the market is better than time in the market. Remember, building wealth is, it is a job. Like building wealth is a job, right? You have to pay attention to what we're doing. 
So let's think about this. The S&P 500 was down last year by 19.44%. Shout out to the recession portfolio. We, we, we was up about 17%. Just, to, just, just, just. We're just flexing right now. Well, Flex for a second. We'll flex for a second, right? But I want you to I want you to take care of this gym. I want you to listen to this gym. Listen to this. This is us doing homework for y'all. So the S&P 500 was down 19.44% last year. Watch this. Watch this work we're about to do. If you missed the best five days of the market last year, then you weren't down 19.44% you were down 32.3%. Well, Trap, how did I do that? How did I miss the best five days? Because when you saw the market go down, you pulled. You did something crazy. You, 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 you panicked, right? You sold a little bit, right? This drove you down even worse. Right? So we don't want to admit, you see the drastic change here. Marcus, I appreciate the Super Chat family. We see the drastic change here. Right? So if you participated in the market, cool, you got your 19%. If you was in Trap was Anonymous, or if you've been rocking with Trap, you wasn't down 19%. We'll talk about that. Come on, I'm broke, baby. I ain't got no money. Bullshit. All right, we'll stop right there. I'm having fun today, y'all. I'm just keeping it real. But if you miss those five days, you were down 32.3%. Now, watch this. Watch this. Let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. This is what we get good at. Here's the five best days of 2022. The five best days of 2022. In May, we got a 2.99% run. That was pretty good. June 24th, we got a 3.6% run. That was pretty good. October, we got a 3.6% run. That was pretty good. November, November, we got hit with a 5.54% run in the S&P 500. And then November 30th, it gave us 3.309%. These were the best five days of the market last year. So, Trap, what happens if I miss these days? Go back one, Dave. Go back one. If we miss these days, this is what we get. Okay, let's go a little deeper right here. Let's go a little deeper right here. Let's go a little deeper right here. Because the mutual funds... And the 401ks are actively investing because they are moving in and out. They miss them five days. And this is why your portfolio and your 401k or your mutual fund is down more than the market. <laughs> that boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Hey, Paul. Hey, I told y'all. I told y'all. 
Listen. 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 Your mutual fund and your 401k are actively investing for you. So their goal, their goal is to attempt to be in the market at the right time and be out the market at the wrong time. Well, because they missed those five days, they get here. Okay, now I got to stand up a little bit because now it's time to teach. Okay, cool. Listen, let's go back to the five days, Dave. Let's go back to the five days right quick. All right. So listen, your mutual fund and your 401k miss these five days. Your retirement misses these five days. Your pension fund misses these five days. Why did they miss them five days? Because the market was too volatile. So because it was so volatile, they call themselves trying to save you money when they really cost you money. This is why I believe that you, each and every one of you, can beat your 401k, can beat your mutual fund. Now, I'm not telling you not to use that. What I'm saying is you have to learn how to do this on your own. I'm not telling you not to do that, but I am telling you to invest on your own. That's this. I'm not saying either or. I'm saying both. Not saying either or. I'm saying both. But here's what I do know. Once you learn this game and once you understand how to be in the market for these five or six days, you'll understand that you can do better with your money than anyone else. And you won't give a damn about some people matching you your money. Okay, let me sit back down. <laughs> that boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> How we feeling, y'all? Shout out to man. We got a thousand. We got eleven hundred people in the chat, man. Shout out to eleven hundred people in the chat. Shout out to eleven hundred people in the chat, man. We salute y'all. We appreciate y'all for tapping in each and every week, man. And trapping tools. If you're new here, what's good, family? Have a seat at the table. If you've been here, hey, leave the people some leftovers, man. All right, let's go, because we know the leftovers taste better. The leftovers taste better. I don't know what it is about the, if you're from New Orleans, I don't know what it is about the, the country crock bowl. I don't know what it is, D1. The country crock bowl. I never got, I, I've never in my life, I've never in my life found that bowl with butter in it. I've never in my life, I'm 40 years old, I've never seen a country crock I can't believe it's not butter bowl with butter in it. I've never seen it with butter in it. Never. And if you have, show it to me. <laughs> show it to me outside of the stove. As long as I seen it with butter, was in the stove. I'm lying. I ain't lying. I told it. Bro, I'm 40 years old. I've never in my life, whether I went to my house or somebody else. Now, hold on. Let me say this. If you're, if you're from the hood. Right? So if you're not from the hood, then you may have margarine. You may have margarine in it. Right? <laughs> you may have margarine in it. I don't know. Before I'm from, I've never in my 40 years of existence seen margarine, butter, whatever you want to call it, in that bowl. The only thing that's always in that bowl it's the residue from what has been in it for the last 15 years. So if it's red grape spaghetti, it's going to have the spaghetti thing around it. If it's red beans, it's going to have the thing. If it's gumbo, if you're from New Orleans, it's going to have the gumbo around it. Those are the things that add flavor. I believe that, and I will go to my grave thinking that. I don't care what nobody said. 
All right, let's go, man. So right here, man, Microsoft is playing a big boy game. So check this out. 100% every trapper should be investing in artificial intelligence. It is a thing. It is a thing. So here's how I want you to structure your portfolio. Get your pen and your paper because I told y'all this. Each and every week you need to come to trapping to the with a pen and a piece of paper. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take, if you're brand new, if you're new to the invest, if you're a new investor to the game, I want you to say 50% of my portfolio will be in an ETF or an index fund. I'm cool with you doing that because this is new. You're new to the game. So find a sector that you really love, dig into that sector. If you like ETF, find a specific sector or a specific industry that you love and buy into that. That's 50%. 25% of it should be invested into one or two companies that you really, really understand. Gives us 75%. All right? Now I want you to do something. We're going to do something. I want you to take another 15%. Gives us 90%. I want you to put it in a dividend-paying company. Why? Because dividends give us protection in down markets. They increase our return, whether you know it or not, especially when you reinvest the dividends. They give us protection on our returns. I want you to take that last 10% and invest it in growth. Okay, I just gave you a structure just now. I just gave you some structure. Right? I just gave you some structure. I want you to invest it in growth. Why growth at only 10%, Trap. Well, because the growth is what's going to push your portfolio. See, what happens is the growth has what's called parabolic returns. <laughs> I've been reading, y'all. Oh, no, I've been reading. So the growth is what pushes us. So the growth stocks will give us returns. They grow into, so watch this, let's dig into it. The growth stocks will push top line and bottom line, which is revenue and profit, faster than normal companies. Now, when investors are looking at growth stocks, they aren't always looking at profits. They're 100% looking at growth for top line revenue. Why? Because they know that if the company can increase the top line, they can generate new customers. It, it is until later on in a phase where investors truly start to look at the bottom line of growth stocks. It depends on what phase they're in. Remember, Amazon, I mean, Netflix been around for some years now. They just turned profitable. Right? Right? So when you're looking at your growth stocks, all of them won't be profitable. So you want to look at that top line revenue growing at least by 20%. I just gave you some more game. So 10% of the growth, 10% of your portfolio can be in growth and you can structure the rest of it like I just told you. Okay, shout out to the queen for the super chat. I appreciate you so much. All right, so let's talk about this, man. So Microsoft playing a big boy game. So Microsoft invests $10 billion in open AI. Right, this is a great investment. This company is on the come up. Now, it gives the company now $29 billion valuation. So, but watch the, watch the, watch how this thing is set up. This is crazy. 
So Microsoft gets 75% of OpenAI's profit until they recoup their investment. Okay, so let's break that down. Let's take this back to the trap right here. Let's take this all the way back to the trap. All right, that's how this goes. So if I front you something, I mean, I give it to you on consignment. We're going we're gonna to make it sound like this. I give it to you. I front it to you. I front your work up front. Hey, here is $10 million. Right? Here's this. Watch this. I now get to get 75% of your profit. 75, 75% of your profit until you pay me back everything I fronted you. Ooh, that's game. That's some points on the pack, Jose. Yeah. I want, let's run that back. <laughs> hey, that's muscle. That's muscle. That's muscle. Listen, let's talk about it again. So Microsoft gets 75% of OpenAI's profit until they recoup their $10 billion investment. Watch this. Once recouped, Microsoft and the other investors each have a 49% stake. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about it. I'm going to keep it real, bro. I wish I could have laid this type of game in the street, yo. So after you pay me back the 75% of profits that I get from until you pay me my money back, I now, this is good. I Once you pay me my $10 billion back, now I don't get 75% of the profit. I now own 49% of the company. <laughs> Watch this. Let's go a little further. Up until then, OpenAI only retains 2% of their company. That's some good damn negotiating, man. That is the type of negotiation skills that sets you arrest from everybody else. But I will say this. Now, so here's what has to happen. OpenAI has to make $13 billion in profit to get their 50% back in the company, right? But here's what I want to ask you. Let's look, at it from this, let's look at it from this point of view. Let's look at it from this perspective. Now, of course, I can look at it as a, as a, as a person who considers himself a pretty good businessman. Like, I've learned the art of walking away from the table. I'm good. I walk away. It don't matter. If the things don't line up the way I wanted to, here's how negotiations are supposed to go. For everybody that's in the chat, for everybody that's looking, Here's how negotiation is supposed to go. A negotiation should never be one-sided. A negotiation should never be one-sided. It should be, I give up a little, you give up a little, and we meet in the middle. It should be compromised. A good, a good negotiator can find a way to compromise or step away from the table. But I will say this. It's easy for us to look at it from the outside looking in and say they being finessed. It's easy for us to look at it and say, hey, man, like I would have never did that deal. But here's the thing about business. Business is always a long term game. 
And so my question is this. Open AI looks at it and says, hey, check this out. I believe in this business. I believe in this brand. What if they feel like they can come up off $13 billion? They can produce $13 billion in profit in two years, three years. What if they believe in the vision and the brand? And in believing in the business and believing in the brand, they feel like they can get back to 51% of their company within the next three to five years. Upon them getting back to 55, 51%, because after they get this, they'll get back to 51%. After they get back to 51% in three to five years, they'll then have sole control of their business, but also they've pocketed a lot of money and they've learned a lot, but they've also partnered with a brand that is the second biggest, third biggest company in the world. I think sometimes, and I'm not, in my mind, this is a horrible deal. But in my mind, I always like to look at it from both sides. One of the reasons why we truly never get what we want to get at in life is because we don't want to give up nothing. Should they have given that much? I don't know. I'm not the person with the vision of that brand. But what I will say is this. How many times have you missed out on a deal of your life? How many times have you made the, op- the thing really harder for you because you didn't want to give up anything? I remember Ice Cube said he didn't really make no money on the first Friday. Said it wasn't until he, he said they really pimped him out of it. But the second Friday and the third was where he made all the money back. Remember 50 Cent said he didn't make that much money on the first power. They muscled him. Think about it. Muscling 50 Cent. It wasn't until the second and the third season that he really locked in and understood what was going on. And now he's muscling stars. I'm not saying that, I can't say that Microsoft took too much. They went to the table and they, remember this, man. You don't get out of life what you deserve. You get out of life what you can negotiate. I want everybody to understand it. So if you go into a job, your job said they're going to pay you $22 an hour. What can you negotiate? What terms, what deals, what can we do this contingent upon? How does it look in the future? I want you to understand that. So we can look at this deal and say, yo, that's a horrible deal. I will say, I think this is a horrible deal. But business is a long game. So can't open AI get 51% of their business back in the next three to five years? If so, would you give up two would you give up that to become a billionaire in the future? Something to think on. All right, let's go. I just wanted to put that out there. I think that was a good segment. All right, let's go, man. Okay, so let's look at some of Microsoft's notable acquisitions here. Skype, LinkedIn, GitHub, Activision Blizzard. Microsoft is good for making acquisitions. They are a big boy or a big girl player. Right? Because we're not, we not, we not saying we got a queen in the crib in here, and I don't want her to feel like he is feminist. I don't want her to feel like that. So I'm gonna, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to put you in. Lock you in, queen. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> right so microsoft has all, always been great at making acquisitions so i'm not mad at it let's go man moving forward and here's the deal man microsoft 10 billion bet um expected to reach 29 billion evaluation this can truly 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 this can be a game changer for everybody involved let's go a little further but i will say this before we go 
I will say this, man. Every investor, you should be betting. You should do a lot of homework on AI. That's y'all homework for 2023, y'all. The homework for 2023 is working on looking at great artificial intelligence companies. All right? That is the goal for 2023. Looking at artificial intelligence companies. All right, let's go, man. We'll go a little further, man. So this, this, this. Warner Media is doing a Steph Curry from the half court line right now. <laughs> that boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Nah. My idea for this is simple. Last year, streaming and communication services did horrible. This year, they gone crazy. So Bank of America and Goldman Sachs both picked Warner Media Group as one of their top picks for 2023. Let's go a little further. So we think about this game. Here's how we want to look at it. As we go a little further, so let's go a little further. We think about this, let's look at it like this. So Bank of America said this, the spring launch of a new combined DTC service, a more robust film state, Incremental synergies and de-risk consensus. That's what Bank of America said why they picked it. That sounds like a bunch of, as they would say, on hogwash. That's what it sounds like to me. All right, let's go a little further. All right, so Goldman Sachs says, we see the risk-reward skew from, a WB, from WBD as most attractive versus pistol. Now you're telling me that Warner Media Group looks better than Netflix? Shouldn't look better than Disney? This is interesting to me. All right, it said it's peer group with the key execution catalyst. So here's the catalyst that Goldman Sachs said the catalysts are. Merger milestones and streaming relaunch. But that still, Goldman Sachs, isn't a true catalyst for me. But let's look a little deeper. Let's go a little further. This is what's going on right now. So y'all know I don't like to just tell y'all stuff. I like to let y'all see it. So this is, let's, let's stand up for a second trap, right? So this is how the streaming companies have looked so far. These are year-to-date returns, meaning from January 1 to now. Netflix up 10%, Disney up 8%, Warner Brothers Discovery up 28%. This is them. Comcast 7%, Paramount up 14%. This is the one that... Uh, Warren Buffett owns a whole bunch of. He keep buying this. He keep buying this like he keep buying Occidental. But Warren Buffett, you're not about to make me buy this. I'm not about to buy this because you buy this, Warren Buffett. I'm not about to buy this because you buy this, Warren Buffett. Don't buy that because Warren Buffett buying man. I know what y'all be doing because y'all won't do the research. All right, but as you can see from January 3rd, which was the first day of the market, these stocks have went crazy. They've went crazy. This is the streaming industry or communication. They've went, let's look at this. We're only on January to what? 10th? So the streaming service has went crazy on New Year. So I ask you this question. We always ask this question. What is the market rewarding? Is the market now rewarding this. I don't know. Let's go a little further. As of today, 
This company is up 28.9%, y'all. As of today. This is crazy. Now, in my mind, somebody is setting us up for a old rug pull. Somebody is setting us up for the rug pull. But I'll say this. Oh, Dave, go to recession portfolio, but the second slide. Not the one with the recession portfolio, but the next one. The next one. So here's what I did. Today, I... <laughs> here's what I did today, y'all. Let's zoom in a little bit. Let's zoom in a little bit. Oh, Sean, hey, pay attention to me. This, this is your talk right here. Today, here's what I did. Now, I know my trap master's going to be mad at me, but I'm going to just let them know. This was just one of those, let me see what this is going to do, kind of moves. I'm not going to lie to you like I was going crazy. I'm not going to lie to you like I was uh, doing extensive research. I simply said, as we was doing the numbers from the weekend, I was looking at I was like, man, let me see if the market is going to reward this. So we bought, uh, I want to say, 150 options contracts on, I knew you was going to like that. I knew you was going to like that. I knew you was going to like that. We bought 150 options contracts on XLC, which is the communications ETF. I didn't do it in the individual stock. I did it in the ETF. We got the contracts for about $4.25 a contract. And at the end of the bell, we were up um, $4,099. So I think we up 9% in one day. I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you don't follow what I did. Right? I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I'm, here to, <laughs> I'm here to tell you don't follow that. Right? This is not investment advice. Right? This is not investment advice. Right? I bought these out maybe six months. I bought it out six months, so it's a mild leap. Definitely going, I'm definitely not holding it that long. I just wanted to see what the was the market going to reward it. And as of right now, the market is rewarding it. This is not a position I'm about to hold. I'm not about to buy Disney. I'm not about to buy none of those companies. I bought the ETF because of that. Listen, I'm a person that like to show y'all when I win, lose, or draw. That's what this is all about. And I want y'all to see this is what I did today. Uh, yep, Zay, I did a uh, January 24th, January 19th, 24th. Damn, I bought it for longer than I thought I bought it for. Uh, matter of fact, because they didn't have the six month. They stopped, they stopped it at, uh, they went from June, and I wanted to go a little further than June, so they had, they had February, June, January. So they had February, June, and January. They didn't have a lot of them, so they had February, June, and January. I bought the January, but I'm not going to be in that long, y'all. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm, I'm not going to be in there that long. Not going to be in there that long. All right, let's go back to it, uh, Jose. Yep, so let's go back to the, the slide we was on before that so they can see. Yep, so uh, again, y'all, so this was one of those moments where I just was testing the market. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I did. Um, when I got it this morning, 
I put the I put the call in last, I put the plate in last night and I executed it this morning. As I prepare for trapping Tuesday, I was like, once I gather my notes, I'm like, damn, like they're really rewarding streaming right now. Remember, it's, it's, it's important for us to pay attention to what the market is rewarding. Uh, it's important for us to pay attention to what the market is rewarding. I am operating this portfolio like a fund manager. You are your family's fund manager. And so uh, that's what we did, man. So I like to show you all. So again, Warner Media, I don't, the company doesn't have great fundamentals at all, which is why I went to the ETF. I only do options and companies I feel have great fundamentals. Otherwise, I will go to an ETF so I can get the whole sector, not one company. For me, the catalyst of doing an option, for me, has to be a company with great fundamentals, great management, great balance sheet, great income statement. It has to happen. And if it don't have it, I'm now going to go see if the market is rewarding that sector as a whole, which is why you see me in XLE as well. All right, let's go. All right, let's go. God damn it. Let's give me a little play for that, man. Y'all talk about that? Quick little 4K today, man. We'll see what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll ride that out, man. All right, let's go a little further, man. So today, this kind of threw me off, though, man. I'm not going to lie. I think these people just be picking companies just to be picking companies, man. I'm not going to lie. Never, ever base your picks based off of what the mark, what analysts are doing. So let's, let's walk. I'm going to walk you all through this right quick. So Bank of America picked Bank of, Bank of America picked Delta as their top, one of their top picks of the year. So this kind of threw me off. They said Delta is a cash flow generator. This is not true. This is this is not true. This is this is this is not. That is not true. That is not. They are not a cash flow generator. Go look at the balance sheet, Bank of America. What? Why? That is not Blue Magic. That is the other stuff the dude was selling. That's the stuff that the other dude was selling. That's not Blue Magic. It's not Blue Magic. It's the other stuff the dude was selling, bro. That's why Frank Lucas went in the booth because he watered the stuff down. He said, this is not Blue Magic. Don't you do that. Don't you buy from me and step on it. Don't you do that. You don't have the right. I got the unmitigated gall. Oh, that's a good one. That was good. Right? <laughs> Blue Magic. That's a brand name. Jose should never get this. Pepsi. That's a brand name. We stand on it. I stand behind God it. Damn. I guarantee it. I don't know. I don't care. It's not Blue Magic. So they're not a cash flow generator. That's first and foremost. Right? Profit margins are higher than their competitors. Now, I won't argue with that simply because Southwest just took a butt whipping. I don't know. Now, this is the good part, though. Now, and I think this is the buy. So what they did to us was, for Delta, they, they gave us two, eh, you ain't, you tripping, with one yes. So they wrapped the medicine in candy, right? They are expanding their hub. This is good. This is good. Watch what I'm about to tell y'all, because I'm about to bring y'all into something. This is, this, is a, this is a, one of my mentors would say, a writer downer, right? So you, I want you to write this down. Right? Every week you need to come in with a pen and a pad. So check this out. Delta is expanding their hub. Now, which means they're expanding where they'll have more flights going out from. So Atlanta, every airport has a hub. 
right? Every airport has a hub. It is a place where they dominate. So if you're in Atlanta, Delta dominates Atlanta. Like if you go to Atlanta, Delta got their own little side. That thing is like you can tell the other part of the airport is ghetto. Atlanta International, <laughs> the southwest side, that part you be like, bro, what's going on over here? The Delta side is like, well, this is nice. This is kind of cool, right? So every every airport has a hub. Watch this. At Delta just expanded their hubs to Minneapolis, Detroit. They expanded more gates in Atlanta and Salt Lake City. Let's dig deeper right here. Let's dig deeper right here. The asset inside of the airline industry is how many gates you have and how many routes you have. Mm, this is good. 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 Watch this. If you ever noticed, I can be leaving from Atlanta. You can be leaving from Atlanta on two different flights. And we can actually get to the air, the destination at two different times. You've never in your life seen two airplanes riding side by side. If you have, something funny going on. Here's why. An airport can actually, an air, a airline can actually leverage a route as an asset. So I wanted to start an airline. I can go to Delta and say, let me buy that route that you have from Miami to Atlanta. That route is an asset. Okay, let's dig a little deeper right here. The gates inside of the airport are also the asset. How many gates do you have? The more gates you have, the more tickets you have. The more tickets you have, the more passengers you have. Watch this. You can actually go to a Delta hub and have two flights going to Atlanta at two different gates at two different times. Depending on, so what they'll do is say, which city is being flown to the most from this hub? And now they can set different times from different gates. Well, we just gave y'all some game right now. I don't think y'all just sat on that just now. All right, let's, so here's what you understand. When you look in that airlines, the thing you're going to look at, the thing you're going to look at outside, oh, this is good. The thing you're going to look at outside of the income statement and balance sheets, you're going to go see, you're going to go look for routes and gateways. You're going to look for routes and gateways. So when Bank of America says we're making Delta our top pick, it ain't because they're a cash flow generator. You're lying. Them people, that ain't it. That ain't it, fam. That ain't it. That ain't it. Profit margins higher than competitors? Mm, not by that much because there's a lot got to go on for people to start applying. But it's the expanding of the hubs. The reason why they're saying this is because there's an expansion of the hubs. They're adding more cities to hubs, which means they're adding more routes. Routes and gateways equals assets. You can leverage the assets and you can leverage the gateways. You can't necessarily leverage the airplanes. Why? 
because the airplanes are depreciating assets. Why? The more usage, the more an airplane flies, the more it's, it's not as valuable, right? So now you talk about depreciation, amortization. You're talking about motors got to be fixed. You're talking about wheels got to be fixed. You're talking about tune-ups got to be. Airplanes aren't that good. Like airplanes are horrible investments. What becomes the investments is the gateways and the hubs. These are the things that they can lend on. Yo, somebody online is trying to sell you this for nineteen ninety-seven. Somebody online trying, matter of fact, nobody ain't even trying to sell you this online because half the people that's trying to sell you something for 1997 don't even know that part. They're trying to sell you something they probably heard me say. God damn it. <laughs> that boy is good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my bad. I apologize. I really don't. Moving on, Dave. Let me slip my papers. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's look at the chart on Delta. So this year we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give y'all more charts so y'all can see actually like what's going on and 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 how these things are moving, right? So when we look at Delta at 375451. It the last time it was at this price was in June, July, June of last year. So it is now recovered. It is now back to its June prices. Right. So I'm not a person who would tell you to buy Delta because I don't like the balance sheet. I don't like the airline industry or the cruise industry at all. I'm going to just be honest with you. But if you wanted to buy it, I would say somewhere around here was a low. Maybe somewhere around April was a low. I don't like it here, but it is coming back to June. If you're a person that want to invest without fundamental analysis being the key, um, then you can go. Will the stock make some pressure? Yes, it will, because the banks have now bought into it. Anytime, it's kind of like somebody having law. Once their name get on, it's like, yo, I'm rocking with this. Bank of America is definitely a strong name. So that's how we feel about that, man. Tell me in the chat how you feel about what we got going on right now. Make sure you like this. Make sure you subscribe to this. I want to take a second and tell everybody, man, make sure you go to Apple, Google, or Spotify and like Trapping Tuesdays. As of yesterday, we was number 61 on the charts, and I think we can do better than that. I think we can do better than that. I think we can be somewhere in the top 10, right? Especially with the information y'all know we give out live. So I, and I actually want to see, I actually want to see the likes on this and on the post go up a little more every day, right? Like we, we, do, we do a great job at, not only giving you all a live show, I think this is the best show. I know for sure, I don't think. I know this is the best show that's on the internet or anybody's thing that is giving you all this type of game with this type of production. It's hands down. I just, you can't argue with me. Right? But what I will say is I need you all to share this more. Thank you all for everybody that's coming in every week. Let's share it more. Let's get the word out. Um, you know, we on episode 25. Shout out to my team. <laughs> I, I, I definitely could not do this without them. Um, so we need y'all support on that. We need y'all to definitely like more of these. We drop, Jose, what day we drop videos? We dropping videos on YouTube every other day. So what we do on this channel, and we definitely next month, we're going to start back dropping videos on the Wall Street, the Wall Street Trapper page. We got a whole lot of good stuff we about to drop on that page for y'all. Um, what I want to say is um, we definitely need to get this up. And so we keep putting this out there for y'all. So every other day we are taking 
10, 15-minute clips from this show, putting it on the YouTube because you know everybody can't always watch the whole two hours. So that's cool. But also on the audio, the audio experience, because this is not a podcast, y'all. This is a show. This is not a podcast. So we have an audio experience. Jose, when we drop the audio experience on Thursday? So we dropped three episodes. We dropped Thursday, Saturday, and Monday. Right? Thursday, Saturday, and Monday, we dropped the audio. I need everybody to go download or uh, play that. And so give us that support, y'all. Let's go. Let's dig in. We digging in now, y'all. We anchored in now. We here. D1, how you feeling? That's good. That's good. How your partner feeling? He gone? Yeah. All right, cool. Queen, how you feeling? All right, look like it. You want to give me a little tutor? Tutor, can we get a little bit? Can we get a little bit tutor? A little intermission? I like it. I ain't mad at tutor giving us a little intermission. Where he at? What he doing? Okay. 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 D1 won't spit. D1 won't spit. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure y'all like and share this right quick, man. All right, all right, all right, all right, Tootie. All right, all right, all right. Ooh, look at D1. I got up. He walking around. That's the artist in him now. He done thought about a hot financial literacy track he want to drop for us. You hear me? <laughs> All right, man, so let's talk about the IPO market, man. So the IPO market uh, is, is back chiming. Um, we have some great IPOs that are thinking about coming out next year. It's just about who being bold enough. The thing about dropping an IPO is you got to be bold. Uh, it's some tech companies for sure. Clavio, uh, which is a great text app. We talk about GoPuff. We talk about Chime. We talk about Instacart, Stripe, Databrick, Checkout.com, Grammarly. We got some dope dope, dope uh, IPOs that may come out this year. I actually think I actually think that Stripe maybe Chime because we're talking about the fintech space that I still do love. But I won't sleep on Clavio. Clavio is really good. And I won't sleep on Databricks. So I'll watch those. Grammarly, I don't know. But Stripe, Chime, Instacart. I don't think Instacart. Stripe, Chime, Databricks, Clavio. I kind of like those. Instacart, I think it'll just go right enough with uh DoorDash and them. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how profitable, I don't know how much. I don't know how lucrative they could be in that industry with those people already killing it. Stripe is a is a winner. Stripe should be a winner. Uh, Clavio because it definitely integrates with Shopify. Amazing. Um, Databricks. I'm just learning a little bit about that. And Chime is definitely great in the fintech space. So I'm definitely um, interested in seeing will they come up. So we'll definitely see if any of these IPO this year. We'll see. It's 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 a the thing about this is it's a dangerous time for IPOs because the market is full of uncertainty. 
And when the market is full of uncertainty, that means there's not an environment that will support these. And so because the environment doesn't support these, we'll have to see, man. So let's go, man. Let's go a little further, man. And here's the tech IPO pipelines, man. As of right now, we have 1,200 uh, IPOs in the pipeline. 1,200 IPOs in the pipeline with a value of $1 billion, yo. With a value above $1 billion. So that means that's a heavy market. That is a heavy, 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 heavy market. And I'm interested to see that. Um, I had my experience, man. Shout out to my, my guy, man, Peter Touchman, man. He definitely gave me the opportunity to uh, witness an IPO. Shout out to Peter, man, because Peter called me to New York, man. Peter said, man, listen, man, you need to be here. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely want to see. Uh, I had my experience at watching how an IPO actually goes into fruition, what it takes, and it's not an easy, it's not an easy process. But I will say this. If you can build a business, listen to me. If you can build a business and then, watch this. If you can build a business and take it public, that is the easiest way to become a billionaire. It's the easiest way to become a billionaire. It's easy, but it's the hardest work ever. And the reason why it's the easiest way to become a billionaire is because at this point now, all you got to do is run your company. If you could, if you, listen to me, there's over 6,000 companies on the stock market. All them companies not good. All them companies not good. There's companies on the stock market that you don't even know about. But what happens is, if you can take the company public, all you got to do, and I'm saying this to make it sound simple, but it's not that simple because I know people be like, Chap, you talking about something, all you got to do, you got to do this. You know how y'all be on Instagram and Twitter. You got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. People ain't never took a company public a day in their life, but they talking about what they got to do. You going to give me all the obstacles on what got to happen. You know what I'm saying? You ain't never ran a business day in your life. You going to tell me how to run a business? You feel me? Come on, man. I don't have a business evaluation. A hundred million dollar evaluation. What are you talking about? A trap? Where the business at? I just, I chose not to do it. I chose to just get in your comments and talk crap to you. <laughs> Come on, man. We're running the show, man. Y'all can't laugh that loud, man. We're running the show here, Jose. George. Damn it. <laughs> man, y'all know how them people be on Instagram, man. Y'all know I ain't lying, man. If that was me, I wouldn't have did this. Well, what you done did before that's similar to this? Nothing. My daddy, uncle, brother, auntie, cousin, son ran a hundred million dollar business and I chose not to be a part of it because I want to talk to you on Instagram. All right, let's get back to business, y'all. I apologize. <sighs> All right, so why I say this is because, man, this is one of the easiest ways that you can become a billionaire. Here's why. Let me explain it to you. If you can find a parameter, so you have to earn so much for a certain amount of time. Your business has to earn so much for a certain amount of time. 
And then you have to go through rounds where you have to get people to, you know, go through different rounds of seed time. But if your company can IPO and you can get it on the market, it is the easiest way to become a billionaire. And here's why. Because now what you're doing is you're now, so think about this. So Apple has a two point, a two trillion, uh, one point some trillion dollar market cap right now, right? But that is solely based on how investors feel about the company. The most important part about that is not that Apple has the 100, the, the $2 trillion market cap. It is the people who work for Apple, who own the shares in Apple, who get them by the lump sum, who now their wealth gets to go up as people feel good about the company. Same thing that we're doing. Uh, thank you for the Super Chat family. I appreciate you. Now watch this. Think about if I took this company uh, from the trap to Wall Street, right? Other Wall Street looks like us now. Network. See, I take this company public, and I do the right things from it. I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a valuation on it. So if you can earn a certain amount, they'll give you a 10x valuation, right? So let's say I can get a hundred million dollar valuation on this company. All right, cool. Now, once I put a portion, okay, this is good. So now I can say this, I'm a, now somebody's going to come, once we go through the C rounds, we'll get evaluation. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to put this much of my company on the market, right? So now once I put this much of my company on the market, investors now will say, well, underwriters, so Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, uh, Goldman Sachs, Piper Sandler, these companies will come on and say, okay, we're willing to put this much into the C round because we're vested as well, right? We're vested. So now that becomes a part of the valuation. Now, once I put this, my name say, okay, Trap, this company is worth this much. We'll put it on the market at $15 a ship, right? I come in and say, you know what? I want to own 50% of my company. So I buy, I go in my wallet, right, and get 50% of the shares of my company, 51% of the shares of my company. Now watch this. Here's the dope part. At that point, all I got to do is, one, make sure I can make this company profitable. Two, put the right attention on the company. And if I can add value to this company over the, and keep my books clean so I can stay out in people's federal penitentiary, because ain't nobody going to jail for cooking no books, now the market can make me a billionaire. Because if I can add value to my company, my shares that I bought for $15 IPO or pre-market, if they can go up to $100, $200, $15, $30, $50, $60, $90, this now makes me a billionaire. You feel me? So think about owning, think about me owning 500,000 shares of my business. This is outside of my liquid cash. So this is what people mess up at all the time. So people look and be like, man, um, Warren Buffett lost $40 billion. Well, he didn't lose it in cash. 
the value of the stock went down. He's probably still, his cash didn't move, his equity moved. And so what happens is, if the equity, if you can add enough value at your company where the equity continuously increases, you can become a billionaire. Now it's hard, it's easier said than done, right? Because most people aren't committed long enough. But watch this. I don't know I'm getting into this too. They're going to come on in a little while and do this in a little bit. But if you, the gold as a person who, because entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. D1, I talked to you the other day. I said, bro, you're a business. You're not an artist. Right? I said, but you knew that already. You knew we had this conversation. I think about myself as a business. I think about what I'm building as a media group, as a media company. I'm thinking about the university I'm building as an education platform. Once the reason why this year was so this year is, is tough for me is because now I'm going back off is getting everything right. Everything. Everything. And at some point, I'm going to hire a CFO. I already hired a COO. So now we put a C-suite in place because you got to have things in structure because they're going to come audit your business. But if you can have everything in structure, I think it's like five years you have to own a certain amount of money. If you can get in the market as a small cap business, you can add nine figures to your name. Nine figures in equity. Where you can do like an Elon Musk and say, you know what, I'm going to sell 40 million, 40 billion dollars worth of Tesla stock to go buy another company. This wasn't cash he came out of his pocket with. He ain't went in his pocket and got nothing. He went straight to his how many billions of shares, millions of shares of Tesla that he owned. And he said, hey, let me go get 40 million billion worth. Bet. That ain't come out of his cash pocket. He went to his Tesla stock and said, give me 40 billion worth. I want to take this and go buy that. Capitalism at its finest. All right, let's go, man. I don't want to beat on that too long. Let's go, man. All right, man. So is Hertz becoming a Cinderella? So check this out, man. This company went chapter 11 a couple years ago, man. And now... You remember last year they made an acquisition. They said they want to have at least 80, 60% of their of their cars in um, Tesla. So they partnered with Tesla. All of their vehicles sold in the U.S. in 2023 were EV. Hertz. Hertz. 5.8% were EV. Let's go a little further. Boom. Right? The next thing that happened is Hertz is becoming a center. 50% Uber drivers have rented Teslas through Hertz logging in 5 million trips. About 2,250 charging stations operated to power the EV fleet. Hertz is moving heavy into the EV game. Let's go a little further, right? And so the next question is, they've invested in a large EV rental fleet in North America. They are the largest EV fleet in North America, Right? EV rentals available at 500 locations. Zay, we got to talk on Twitter. Zay, for sure. You hear me? I like Zay, man. Zay is a good dude, man. Zay is one of those people I respect in the investing game. EV rentals at 500 locations in 38 states. And the goal by the year of 2024 is to have their fleet compromise of 25%. So they want 25% of their fleet to be EV. Hertz is transitioning into becoming the leader 
in electric vehicles when it comes to rental cars. They got charging stations. They are the largest with 500 locations in 38 states that you can actually rent a Tesla. I actually rented one from them not too long ago. It was pretty dope. Right? Let's go a little further. So because I said that, I brought us to this. I saw this thing. So Honda and Sony actually came together. Michelle, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you so much. Um, Honda, Honda and Sony partnered to drop their first EV car. And I'm asking myself, are they double teaming Tesla? Now, we talked about this. Tesla's actually still doing good. Remember, there is a... So here's my idea of Tesla. So think about LeBron James. And I said this last week. Think about LeBron James. LeBron James has a premium baked in to who he is as, an, as a ball player. Right? So let's think about this. If LeBron James scores 20 and 10 for 10 straight games, we're going to say he fell off. Man, he fell off. He trash. He fuck trash. I know that boy overhyped. Mike ain't never average 20 and 10. Mike put up 65 and 300. There's a premium baked into being LeBron. Right? There's a premium baked into being. We hold him at a high standard. Same thing with Tesla. Tesla said, we're going to grow our revenue and sales at 50% a year. Last year, they grew it at 40%. The stock went down even more. But you can't name another company in that space that is growing their cars at 40%. You can't name it. So, Trap, why is the stock down? The man sold $40 billion worth of Tesla shares alone last year. There's companies on the market that isn't worth $40 billion. You sell $40 billion of any stock, the stock is going to fall. There's a premium baked into being Tesla. Not saying it's a good company, so I'm saying it's a bad company. I own a whole lot of it. But what I am saying is there's a premium baked into being that company. Show me another company in the EV space that's growing their revenues at 40%. The man delivered 1.2 million cars last year alone by itself. Some of your biggest companies can't deliver 1.2 million cars by itself. There's a premium baked into being the big dog. Now, January 18th, I think he has a meeting and we want to listen to, is he going to reduce the guidance of Tesla? We want to see, is he going to reduce this? Is he going to say, yo, we're not going to bring in 50% a year. We're going to now bring it at 30% because here's the deal. I'm going to just be honest with you. It is extremely hard to produce 50% increase year over year over year over year over year. It is hard to do that especially as the scape broads. Let's go a little further, man. I'm not telling nobody to invest in Hertz either. Let's go a little further, man. Now, because we talked about that, this is a cool car. I want to say that here's the different ways that you can get into the EV space, not necessarily through cars. The smart grid, so you can get in power sources. You can get, you know, that's powered by traditional renewable sources, commercial charging stations, right, a grind, Right, you get a home charging stations or infrastructure. So you get smart grid, a ground will transfer information, utilities between charging stations, infrastructure. GE provides infrastructures and solutions. So I just want you to put that out there. You don't necessarily have to invest in the car itself, 
You can invest in the, the economy, the ecosystem of EV, and that could be real good for you. Let's go a little further, man. All right, man, so I, I thought about this, man, because I like spinoff businesses. I, I've said this a while back. When you're investing in the stock market, um, spinoff businesses often do well because they have the notoriety of the big brand and they already kind of have in baked in numbers, right? So GE had a spinoff with GE Healthcare. Now, remember, one of the reasons I didn't like General Electric was because, okay, here's a history lesson. Can I tell a story right quick, Jose? I got time for a story. All right, here's a story right quick. General Electric was started by Thomas Edison. Right? Thomas Edison had beef with Nikola Tesla because Tesla said that I have a better way of producing electricity than you. So when Nikolai Tesla got the, they had a bid for the world share, for the world fair, he got that bid. Thomas Edison was backed by J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan said, bro, I thought you said nobody was competing with you. You tripping. They just won the fair. So Thomas Edison goes out and creates the first electric share. That failed horribly. It failed horribly, horribly. So J.P. Morgan said, this is not it. This is not, this is not it. So what J.P. Morgan did was, as the stock was going down, J.P. Morgan went and bought 51% of the shares of the company from Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison didn't realize it. Thomas Edison then lost the company to J.P. Morgan. The same token, Thomas J.P. Morgan sued not Tesla, but the guy who owned the rights to Tesla. I can't think of his name. It starts with a W. He sued him, not because he knew he was going to win, but because he knew that the guy had so much money invested in Tesla, he couldn't go to court. Pac told us if you don't got your money right, you can't go to war. Pac told us that. Well, because his money wasn't right, he couldn't go to court. So what happened? He wound up having to sell the rights to Tesla to J.P. Morgan. So J.P. Morgan was a shrewd businessman. Not only did he own AC and DC, he changed the name of the company from Edison Electric to General Electric. And from the time J.P. Morgan owned General Electric, it became the biggest company in the world. Thank you. Became the biggest company in the world. I want to put that out there for y'all. So, the process, what happened is, a company can get too big to fail. And I said all that to say this. A company can get too big to fail. That's what happened with J.P. Moore. I mean, Tom, with General Electric. The company started investing in so many other different things that those other investments are horrible. But one of the great investments they had was healthcare. So they got a new CEO in last year. When a new CEO came in, he cut about 30 to 40% of the business. The company had $150 billion in debt. He got it down to about $75 billion in debt. He said, we have, we have a lot of more business to cut because we have to clean the balance sheet up. 
And so one of the things that happened was the spinoff happens, right? That's what I'm telling you all the story. The spinoff happens. When the spinoff happens, we get General Electric Healthcare, which already have one billion patients back baked in. One billion. 50% of the revenue is reoccurring. The metal equipment segment revenue is expected to grow by 5 to 7% a year. Since the stocks have split up, the healthcare general electric portion is up 9%. Profits are growing, revenues are growing, the company medical equipment part of this company is a really great business. God damn it. <laughs> that boy is good. I really be talking up here, yo. I really be teaching up here, yo. D1, how you feel? Okay, cool. My brother like. Alright, so let's break down what they do in the revenue. So, Imaging is makes up 9.4 billion in revenue. Ultrasounds make up 3.2 billion in revenue. Uh, patient care solution make, makes up 2.9% in revenue. And pharmaceutical diagnostics breaks makes up 2.2 billion dollars in revenue. So when you look at, I'm not again, I'm not telling anyone to buy this company. But what I am saying is, it's a great business. I like spinoff businesses. Spinoff businesses do really well. Chipotle was a spinoff to McDonald's, in case people don't know. It was a spinoff to McDonald's. I like spinoff businesses. They, they, because they already have a certain culture baked in and they want to separate themselves from the bad part of the business. Right. And once they can separate themselves from the bad part of the business, now it's like, yo, we're the goal. We are the thing that was holding this business off, holding this business up. And so that spinoff business can do really well. All right. Y'all keep your eye on it. Let's go, man. Yo, we trapping on we trapping tonight, man. New year, new me is what I like to call this part of it. Right. New year, new me. Right. So we talked about this earlier. So energy is up year to date, 4.1 percent year to date from January 3 to now. But check this out. Consumer discretionary is up 4.79 percent. They were down last year. Communication services is up. XLC, what I bought the options on, is up 5.41 percent from January 3rd to now. Y'all know the new year, new me, man. I'm not the same person no more. So we see that these companies are definitely changing. Energy is still running. And so we like to show that, man. Let's move it up further. And we see that the market is rewarding that. So we're not mad at that. Biotech is saving lives, man. So listen, man, there's a new Alzheimer's drug that came out by the company. Um, I can't always mess up the name, but it's partnered with Biogen. It's a great company. Biogen is a great company. This Alzheimer's drug actually is a game changer. This Alzheimer's drug is actually a game changer. Now, the thing about this is it is cheaper than the other drug that was out. It is cheaper, but it still has the brain swelling capabilities. The FDA already approved it. 
This will 100% be a game changer in the biotech industry. Now, I will say this, man. If you do not understand biotech, don't play with it. It is a complicated segment. It is a complicated industry. If you ain't a future doctor or somebody like that, this will confuse the hell out of you. This will confuse the hell out of you. But I will say this. This is a great company. Biogen is a great company, and they typically do well in recessions as well, biotech, because companies still just do a lot of research and development. Research and development in the medical field is a thing. So that's what I got to say about that. Move a little further, y'all. So, man, Kathy Woods, man. Kathy loves Tesla. She has now bought more Tesla and more Adobe. My only problem with Adobe is this. It's a great company, has great fundamentals, it has a great balance sheet. My only problem is, is Photoshop still a thing? Now, they have great other businesses for content creators, but Photoshop was his go-to. They have other great segments, but I just want to know that. And how does that look on on this side of the portfolio, on this side of the recession of what we're going on. I don't mind her buying more Tesla, but I don't know how I feel about Adobe. That's kind of my take on that. Let's go. All right, so right quick, man, we're going to let y'all look at the recession portfolio, man. As you can see, um, we're still doing good, man. We're still vibing out. Let them see, Dave. We're still vibing. You know, we did. We had a great day today, man. Costco made us some money today. Eli Lilly made us some money today. Uh, Lockheed Market made us some money today. But I told y'all, this is my big dog. I have most of this portfolio is weighed by these two companies, um, ExxonMobil and TPL. So as these two companies, so if you're looking at this portfolio right here, uh, I would say 40% of it is here. So they dominate the portfolio, right? And then probably level off by these two and then VTR, then Costco. So as LM, as TPL and as ExxonMobil move, the recession portfolio will move. Now, as you can see, I own one, two, three, four, five, six companies. I will max out at 10 companies. I have a couple companies on my eye that I want to add to it. Uh, and I'm, I'm using this as a fund manager. So... Some of the, it still has to be a fundamentally strong company for me to buy it, but it's not necessarily for me to hold for the long term, right? So I'm not treating this like my primary portfolio. This is for me to actually fund manage, right? This is for me to fund manage. Yep, we sold T-Row um, for tax loss harvesting. So we, we sold T-Row. For that, we sold T Road because T Road was actually a lagger in the portfolio, really hard. Um, so we cut the we used the losses from T Road to benefit me, and we put that straight into added more. We actually added more into TPL. We put it into another position. Um, so this is this is this is this is the as you see as of six twenty four one ten. So the recession portfolio is still portfolioing. (laughs) 
and still doing what it's supposed to do, man. So I got six, I got six more slots, man. But this is the thing, y'all. I'm going to keep it real with you. And here's my thing. I like to show y'all this because I want y'all to show what we're doing in real time. That's my thing. Wins and losses. Real time. That's, what, that's what's going to separate us. That's, that's, that's what's going to separate us from everybody else. See, because here's what I've learned. A friend of mine hit me up yesterday. Let me tell a quick story. A friend of mine hit me up yesterday and she said, hey, man, I was talking to this guy at the seminar I was at, and he told me he teaches stocks. And I said, cool. She said, because I watch Trap and Tools and because I know you, I told him, how did your portfolio perform in a recession? What did you do last year? And he said, I teach. He said, she said, but what did your portfolio do? Like, what did you do during a recession? And he said, I just teach. She said, you should follow Wall Street Traveler. He said, I don't know who that is. She said, he went, she went to his Instagram and he was following me. <laughs> yeah, it happens. My thing to tell y'all is this, man. I'm not just somebody who gonna teach you. I'm not somebody who here just to give you information. I'm a show and tell. We're going to build this up. I'm going to tell y'all when I deploy more money. We're going to make this portfolio be a million dollar portfolio right in front of y'all eyes. We're going to do it over the long term. We're going to actively manage this portfolio. We're going to win some. We may lose some. We're going to actively get this to a million dollars. And not just by putting money in it, but by letting the market print money for us. I'll show y'all every now and then when I, I don't make option plays all the time. I make some leaps and I let them print a whole lot of money for me. Then I take some of the leap money and I put it over here. That's what I do. I take the leap money. If it gets up from a certain amount, I take the leap money and I put it in this portfolio. I put it in that portfolio. I don't never take the money out of here. The reason why I don't take the money out of here is because this is market money that I want to make money for me. It has no use for me in my pocket. I'm going to spend it. Spend that shit. Spend that shit. Get it right back. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. You'll spend it and you'll spend some more. And then you're going to call somebody like, oh, I need a lick. So the goal for me is to build this. And over the time, we will build this to a million-dollar portfolio. I guarantee you it. So this is why each and every week, I'm going to come up here and show you, hey, this is the recession portfolio. This is what's going on. This is what the recession portfolio is doing. And you know why? Because I want, you to, I want to show you all what Trap is doing, not tell you all. I think 2023 is the year for the people who are teaching now to show us what they're doing. You can teach me all the stuff you want. That just means you read some books. That just means you watch some YouTube. Probably watched me. 
probably watch CNBC, probably got on Twitter, probably watch, probably got the street, probably might be in Jim Cramer's investing club. And then they come regurgitate information to you. Well, trap does is I play the game. I study the game. I live the game. Yep, I watch CNBC, I watch Bloomberg, but I also read full, I also read 10Ks, 10Qs. I listen to 13Fs. I listen to podcasts of some of these smart, smart people that be talking way over people's head. I have eight notebooks. I spend about three or four hours of my day just taking notes and listening. I promise you. If you call me during that time, I'll say, hey, I'm, I'm learning right now. And so my goal is to teach you all and to show you all what we're doing every week. All right, let's go. Mark my words. And this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Check this out. Watch this. All right, so Mark My Words is a good segment. This segment is brought to you by none other than Trappers Anonymous, man. You want to be a part of Trappers Anonymous, man? It's a group that is dedicated to helping you build your wealth one share at a time because we truly believe that wealth is attainable for everybody. It's a community that helps you build your confidence. Yesterday, Mondays and Tuesdays, I put stocks in the group. Thursdays, we do a book club. Fridays, we do a dividend stock. Saturdays, we do a meeting. And Sunday, we do a two-hour live from the kitchen where you people present companies. And then when they present companies, we ask them questions about those companies. It's $47 a month. You cancel anytime. Come be a part of the family, man. So maybe episode 15 or something, I said, damn, I wanted to do Sean, watch this, bro. This is going to hurt me. Look. Netflix was 263. I wanted to put an option plate in for 300. I was in LA. I was moving around. It's no excuse. I didn't do it. I came back here and I said, hey, y'all, I like Netflix. This is right after Reed said, we are the only profitable streaming company. He said, we cannot base, he switched the game. He said, we cannot base this arena on subscribers. He took a shot at his competitors, specifically at Disney. He said, because even though they may have more subscribers, what is it costing them to get those subscribers? Are they losing money? And lo and behold, when investors look at the balance sheet for Disney earnings, Disney was losing a billion dollars a quarter on subscribers. Reed said, gotcha. I said, I said, that boy good. And so I came up here and I said, yo, Reed Hastings has truly re-revolutionized now how this game is going to be played. Because now the streaming game is going to be looked at not by how many subscribers you have, but how profitable are you. And the minute he did that, all of those companies didn't perform. Now we see something new happening right now. They're finding other ways. But what he did was set us up apart. And I came on here and I said, I said, Jose, mark my words. 
I like Netflix, it will go above 300. At the time, it was 285, 284. As of right now, Netflix is about $324. So first of all, I left about 50 grand on the table. I'll say that. And I had it for a one-year leap. I was going to bang out with it because they were cheap because it was in that. Oh, my God. So I have about 50 grand on the table as of today. Uh, it's going to keep growing. This is going to be a $400 stock, y'all. I promise. By years in. Mark my words. Episode 25. Episode 25. Trap said Netflix will be a $400 stock by end of year. Watch this. The ad revenue is going to be built in good. Once they told people they're adding ads to it, the stock is going crazy. They are the only one that's profitable. How will they get free users to pay a price that they are comfortable with? Here's the thing. Nobody has more free users than Netflix right now. Watch this. Netflix will find a way to make the free users pay even if it's $3.99, even if it's $4.99. The goal now is to keep adding to the bottom line. They have a network effect. The more people that use Netflix, the more people, the valuable company will come. The show called Wednesday on Netflix is a game changer. I haven't watched it, but I just keep hearing so many raving reviews about it. Okay, let's dig a little further. Netflix just spent money on a $90 million plant uh, 253 acres to create content. Also, Netflix just partnered with Nike to have their own live streaming show. This company will be worth $400 by the end of the year. <laughs> that boy is good. I'm going to press them all. Blue Magic. That's a brand name. Like Pepsi. That's a brand name. Oh, I'm broke, baby. And if you don't believe me, I'm in a bind. <laughs> I'm in a bind, Nate. Some other time. I'm telling y'all. God dang it. Now, first of all, I'm not telling nobody to buy Netflix. That is not what I'm telling you to do. It is 100% not what I'm telling you to do. Because when the stock falls, somebody is going to say, Trap told me to buy it. I did not. You're a lie. And the truth ain't in you. I just said, it is definitely going to be a $400 stock by the end of the year. I feel it. I feel it. I'm telling you, the stock has been on a tear since November. The stock has been on a tear since the man said, we the only one that's profitable. Matter of fact, that boy is Blue Magic. I'm gonna press them all. Tell y'all, man. Part of me is mad because I knew when that thing was 263, when that man said we the most profitable one, I said, oh, he just changed the game. Because then he made them stop looking at subscribers. The, the, the way you judge the arena is now different. You can't judge the arena on subscriber users no more. Why? Because everybody getting subscribers. But check this out. 
At the end of the day, the average person will have three streaming services. Netflix will be one of them. They will produce more content than anybody. He saw what he messed up at. He wasn't producing enough original content. Yo, he just bought a facility. Similar to what we've done. He just bought a facility. He said, yo, we all in all creating original content. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. All right, man. Whatever. Let's go, man. Moving forward. Learning the lingo, man. This is what we talk about. You know, the goal for me here is to help us understand how to play this game a little bit different. Let me see in the chat right quick, man. Are you enjoying what we're doing tonight? Are you enjoying the show tonight? Are you enjoying tonight's show? Queen, are you enjoying the show tonight? You haven't been. D1, are you enjoying the show tonight? All right, cool, cool, cool. I know her. Sean, are you enjoying the show tonight? Today is the guy's. Yeah, you're going to start talking with your chest in here, bro. You just had a damn birthday today. Shout out to Young King, man. It's his birthday. He's a great, he's a great options trader, man. I'm watching Young King grow. I'm proud of you, brother. He's a student of the game. I know for sure he's going to make more money than his daddy. <laughs> right? No, he's going to make more money than his daddy. One day I want my daughter to make more money than me. Shit, that's the goal for us to go through what we're going through. So shit, I ain't mad at it. All right, let's go with learning the lingo, man. Learning the lingo. Let's get the likes up, y'all. Do me a favor. Let's get the likes up. Can we end tonight with 1,000 likes? Can we end tonight with 1,000 likes? We got over 1,500 people in the chat tonight. Let's end the night with 1,000 likes. Let's do that for me. I appreciate y'all. That's our goal. Next week, I want us to get to 2,000 people in the chat. Let's break a record. Next week, let's get to 2,000 people. Y'all see the type of content we putting out. Next week, let's get 2,000 people in here. Let's get a thousand likes in here, right? Let's 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 start let's start setting new standards for what Trapping Tuesdays is. Let's start appreciating the work that we putting in. I'm not begging y'all to do nothing. I'm just saying this is how you show appreciation. When I ask you to buy nothing, just show appreciation to what we doing. You know what I'm saying? We come in for two hours to just get y'all a game. Ain't nobody doing that, and it's me. There's no co-host here. It's just trap getting busy. Thank y'all. Look how quick that was, man. A thousand likes, man. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's see what y'all deserve right here. I need something. Jose, I need, I'm going to start using the switch. Jose, hold on right quick. What, which the one is, Jose? What, don't come up here, Jose, because you can't walk. I'm, if you fall, it's not on me. Which one is the switch? I want to hit a new one. I'm going to hit the win trap. Where the win trap at? One more time. What'd you say? What we ate? Yes, sir. Okay. Hey, D1, you like that? We in the trap. Ooh! <laughs> That's all right there. One more time, y'all. Pussy, man. What is it? Like me, man. I love the hustle. I love the hustle. Be feeling like one of them ball players, because you know, like Bird, Magic, or something. Yeah, you know, it got dope. I think it could leave the league. But if I leave. You still love me? Fans. I love it, man. I love it, man. Let's go back. All right. Oh, Jose, I done messed up now. I done messed up now. I put that bit on Leo Way now. It's over, don't let. We're on Lil Way. Go ahead on. All right, here we go. I done figured it out now. I done figured it out now. Ooh, I got a new toy. It's going to be broke in two weeks. It's going to be broke. 
By February. <laughs> Shout out to Jose, man. Jose is my engineer, man. He makes sure y'all get these beautiful visions. He makes sure that we get... Shout out to, just shout out to my team right quick, man. This cannot happen. Listen, they make sure all I got to do is show up my information, man. Shout out to my graphic guy, Steve. You the man, bro. Everybody here loves Steve, man. He is the man. Shout out to, whole, shout out to Dave, man. My guy. Shout out to Gandy. Shout out to everybody, man. I cannot do this without the team. And I just wanted to salute that. If you're a good... To be a good leader, you got to know that you can't lead by yourself. You got to lead with the team. So everybody here leads. Did you make this easy for me, man? All right, let's go. Learning the lingo, man. Let's go, man. Money obtained in return for labor or services. So when we think about earnings, right, the earnings that a company makes, just think about this, all the money that the company has comes in. Once they pay the bills, that is what they earned. Now, it's different from cash flow. So cash flow is broken down. So earnings is all of the money they make. So let's, let's think about it like this. You have a job. That's one set of earnings. And then on a weekend, you may cut grass. It's another set of earnings. But then during the week when you get off your job, you do Uber and Lyft. It's another set of earnings. But all of that together is revenue. But then, but it's different revenues. But now once we take the profit from everything, that is the earnings that a company makes. As an investor and as a trapper, I love free cash flow more than earnings because free cash flow is how much money the company makes from business operations. That is the most important thing for me. But right now we're just talking about earnings and we are entering earnings season. So because we're entering earnings seasons, we're now about to add another part to the, to the segment, which will be talking about earnings season. We'll talk about companies that made a miss earnings because it's important that you all know and understand that. It's important that you know and understand it. So earnings season has hit. So we'll be in earnings. G, you're getting old, you need a chip. All right, let's go a little further, man. So now this segment has become a popular segment of the show. I'm not going to lie. Shout out to my guy, Augury Investments. You know, we partnered on this, and I'm not afraid to say that. I bring him in because he is someone that I truly respect when it comes to the game, when it comes to doing the research, when it comes to truly just breaking down a stock, breaking down a company. Um, he is one of those that I spec. So, lottery pick. Trap lottery pick, man. So, let's go, man. This week's trap lottery pick is none other than iRobot. Now, remember I told y'all, AI is something that we all should be looking forward to. AI is something that we all should be looking forward to. You should have a part of our portfolio that is invested in AI. Let's talk about it, right? iRobot Corporation designs and builds, sells robots and home innovation products in the United States, Europe, Middle East, Africa, Japan, internationally. The company offers floor care products, including roaming your floor vacuuming robots, uh, accessories and consumables such as clean base automatic dirt disposable replacement dirt disposable bags for the clean base filters brushes and batteries Brava family of the automatic floor mopping robots and Brava accessories for consumables which include cleaner solutions washables and disposable mopping pads replacement tanks and batteries as well as subscription services 
Let's dig a little deeper. All right? So our thesis, our thesis. So this is the thesis is what the, the information we've gathered has helped us come up with this idea. That's good. I don't even think college can make it that simple. Right? It's the give information that we've gathered that help us come up with this idea. Right? So check it out. This reminds me of the time when Google acquired Fitbit. I estimate this deal would end up going through and I'm using the time frame of the Fitbit. Google deal as my one year and two month and I'm adding an extra three months for a margin of safety. So we've got an idea. We saw a, a, a deal that was being made and then we say, okay, what helps us come up with the reason why we're going to give you these stats? All right. Deal details. Amazon will acquire iRobot for $61 a share in all cash transaction valued at approximately $1.7 billion. Now, Amazon is in talks with acquiring iRobot. In all cash transactions. So let's talk about this right quick. When you're investing in the stock market, you'll see an all cash transaction. You'll see an all stock transaction or you'll see a stock and cash transaction. Which means all cash transactions means I'm going to buy with all cash. My pocket's deep. And all stock transactions mean I'm not giving you cash. I'll give you stock, which may be more of a value to you. A stock and cash transaction when the company says, hey, we'll give you this much cash and then we'll give it to you in this much in stocks. Now, if they acquire the company, they are now acquiring a company for $61 a share, meaning so an all cash transaction means if we're going to buy the company, we're going to buy the shares, whatever the current price is, we're going to buy it for this much, which is $61 a share, sometimes overvalued to show you this is goodwill. This is called goodwill when you buy it over the stock. God damn, I'm teaching. This is called goodwill when you bake in who you are for a business. My trap masters know this. So they're putting a goodwill on that, right? Meaning because my name is on it, I'm going to give it to you for this price. So they're going to spend $61 a share until they accumulate $1.7 billion. So they're going to give them $61 a share until they get $1.7 billion to make this acquisition complete. <laughs> that boy is good. Let's dig a little further. All right. Now, go back, Dave. All right. Including iRobot's net debt. So what that means now is I'll also give you $1.7 billion in cash and wipe your debt off. I'll give you $1.7 billion in cash and wipe the debt off. So I'm not buying the debt. So I'm not putting the debt on my balance sheet. That's essentially what that's doing. I'm not putting that debt on my balance sheet. Right. One of the reasons why I didn't like AT&T was because when they bought this uh, Dish Network, they also got 50 something billion dollars in debt. That took them forever. The company went downhill since that. They had to wind up taking a loss. So Amazon is saying, I'll buy the company, give us some cash and I'm going to wipe the debt clean because once I bring this company to my business, I don't want that debt hanging over my head. Clean slate. All right. Let's go a little further. Right. Complete the transaction is subject to the customary closing conditions, including approved by iRobot shareholders and regulatory approvals. 
on completion, Colin Angel will remain as CEO of iRobot. What does that mean, Trap? So that means once we bring the deal, once me and you came up with the deal, me and Jose like, yo, this is the deal. Jose say, all right, cool. What I got to do, Trap, is I got to now bring this deal to my shareholders. I got to bring it to my big dogs. I got to let them see what they going to do. Then the people for shareholders, they going to do what? We going to vote on the deal. Now, on the cool, Jose don't care what the little shareholders say. It's only about eight people he really care who say something. Just keeping it real. Just keeping it real. All right. Amongst doing that, he going to then bring it to regulatory approval. So now the SEC and everybody, they got it like, OK, this is a good deal. We not mad at it. And then he's saying, listen, I like how you ran this business. So I'm going to let you be CEO. One of the dope parts about businesses like this is. I don't want to take on being a CEO. I want to run my business how I run my business. I am okay with you running this business the way you have. Essentially, what I'm really doing is I see the innovation here. I see the innovation here. So I can't run this business as good as you, but I do want it under my umbrella. I want it as a byproduct of Amazon. Okay, let's go a little further. Right. This special situation is getting attractive at 27 percent spread. So current price, uh, $48.33. Discount cash flow formula value. We think the stock is worth $61. Right. On the upside, that's a 27 percent upside in a 1.5 year time horizon. Ooh, we getting good. Let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. So now what we see, book value, $20, growth value, $12, terminal value, $7, stock value, $43, stock price, $43. We see it going to $61. That'll give you a good return on your money in two years with this evaluation. Let's go a little further, man. What we got? All right. So now we want to do is want to break this down to you so you can see how this business makes money. Right. Before we get into all this custom customer robots, revenue, gross profit, cost of goods. This is important. Total operating expenses. We got it right here. Right. Operating income. Pre-tax income is always important. Net income and taxes. That's cool. You can go through that at your own time because this is going to be up. What I do want you to see is this right here. Jose, when I start doing this segment right here, make sure I do it for eight minutes or more. This is going to be a standalone segment. I'm in the, so y'all just caught me in the process thinking about how valuable this is, right? That's why I love this show. We do everything live. We do it on demand. All right, so 2021 operating revenue. So now we're going to let you see the revenue of how this goes. So 48% of their income is in the United States. Uh, 14% is in uh, Japan, 7% is other, and EMEA is uh, 30%. So we see that America still is their leading, what? Consumer-based product. Why? Because America is a what? Consumer-based economy, man. So iRobot is our trapper lottery pick of the day. Shout to my guy, Augury Investment who definitely partnered with me on this. Let's go a little further. As we go a little further, man, if the damn Amazon deal goes through, we see the risk is $3, reward is $18. Um, we see that Amazon offer right here is at $61, stock valued at uh, $40 right here. Um, we definitely see, again, 10% discount, 10% year long hold, 27% spread. We see at 1.5 years this can happen. 
And if we go here, we'll see it right here. This is the upside. Remember, this is not. Um, also, we can see revenue grew right here. Owner earn, this is the money that we make. Revenue is growing. We like to see that, except for 2021. We saw that revenue grew all the way from 2010 all the way to 2021. We saw a great revenue. We saw 2022 revenue went down. We definitely, one of the things we want to do is go look at it and say, yo, what caused that revenue to go down? Because also earner earnings went down as well. We want to see that. We want to pay attention to that as we buy this company. That's if the Amazon deal does not go through. So, shout out my guy, Augury, man. The, the, the goal for me is to just dig, man. The goal for me is to dig. And I've had a couple people DM me some of the investments they made from Trapper's <laughs> Lottery Pick. And the first thing I tell you is, hey, yo, I ain't told you to invest in that company. The second thing I tell them is congratulations because they made money. <laughs> Always do your due diligence, but we've did right here is simply laid this out for you. Jose, we are definitely about to start a. Um, this is the word I'm looking for. No. A community just for trapping Tuesdays. Uh, what is it called? Patreon. So we're about to definitely start a Patreon for Trapping Tuesdays. We're going to have a, a, one arena where you could just support the channel. That may be like $5 or something, right? $5 a month. It's a month? Or just whatever you want. So it's going to be like $5 a month just to support the channel. And then we're going to up it a little bit because we're going to allow the Patreon people to ask questions live. So every week we're going to get four, we're going to ask four people from Patreon to send your question in and ask it live. Um, and so we, we definitely adding that Patreon to the, to the, to the community. We're working on that now. And then we're going to add, uh, we're going to add a come in live segment of the Patreon where we average out maybe like 50 people and you can actually come watch the live show. Uh, we may have some food in the back for you to munch on, and you can purchase some merch while you are here. Just to get the in-audience experience, so we definitely have that coming. So I know the, the, the first one will be like $5 a month for everybody who want to just rock out. The next tip may be like $15 a month to ask the questions, and then we're just going to move it up, man. So if you have UNA, you're going to have a subscription for it. UNA, you come through. You're on a Patreon so we're going to build our community strictly for trap and tools. So um, love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Just how we want to add more value. And I know if you paying up for the Patreon to come in, what dope way do you meet the team? Y'all can see Tootie. If you're a rapper, I will say this. If you're a rapper or artist or R&B singer, Tootie is under Wall Street looks like us now network. No beats will be sold without my approval. Letting y'all know you think you slick. You're not about to come whispering to the ear. My dog been rocking me since the seventh grade. I'm just letting y'all, I'm just letting y'all know. Don't come here with that in two days, seven and a half beat. You hear me? I'm just letting y'all slick ass know. Let's go a little further, man. <laughs> 
All right, man. So this is one of my favorite parts of the show, man. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. It's one of my favorite parts of the show, man. This is the certified trap of the week, man. Of course, man, y'all already know. You know, we started this off. If you first was with me since the beginning, you know, we started off, you know, just talking about Warren Buffett and Lisa Sue and so many other great investors. And then just the revolutionary in me came out. I feel like they get talked about all day on CNBC and all these other channels. So for me, it was all about highlighting people in our culture from our community that's truly, um, that has truly helped us get where we are. And so I made a pivot. And a pivot was for me to highlight those that we don't know about. And so we've done good. We 25 episodes in and we are 25 people in, man. So this is amazing. So this week um, is amazing. Um, it's not so much, it's a person, but it's more so about what they, what they did that is important to me. Right? So let's dig in, man. Let's show them what we're talking about, man. So we are talking about Reverend William Washington Brown. Reverend William Washington Brown opened the True Reformers Bank. It was the first black-owned bank for African-Americans in the U.S. in Richmond, Virginia. The branch arranged to keep its savings with white shopkeepers. But with racial tensions at an all-time high, in 1787, there was a lynching. And the shopkeeper told the white residents that there were local blacks organizing and raising funds. Just, just to hold our own. The branch was forced to disband. But Brown being a revolutionary that he was, he decided that the bank would have to move forward. And so he not only founded a bank, but he ran the bank himself. And so his finances could not be controlled or monitored by whites. The first day alone, the bank total brought in $1,269, which was a lot back then. But then Brown died in 1897, but the bank continued to thrive. The services included newspapers, a real estate agency, a retirement home, and a building and loan association. New branches opened up as far as Kansas City. And by the 1900s, the bank operated in 24 states and owned property at a total value of $223,500. Let's shout out to Reverend William Brown. Which brings me to this segment right here, man. Well, track. It's brought to you by Larry June, man. This is a dope track. It says, enterprising. Let me back up a little bit. We're, we have new people here. So the well track is my version. Instead of just highlighting any lyrics, we like to highlight lyrics that add value to us as a culture. I truly feel like rap music is 
they play a toll in how we think, how we live, how we move. They play an essential role in the culture. And I understand that while rap has taught a lot of people to exploit women and make black men look a certain way. As rappers, I could look at you as an artist. You tell your story. Whether it's real or fake, you tell a story. And there's so many people that listen to your story. And I think what happens is within the story, sometimes we miss the message. Because all artists at some point wrap some type of wealth in their lyrics. And so this week, we're going to talk about Larry June. He said something dope. Enterprising. Money in the bank keep me stimulated. Partnerships. Build wealth with the family. Then we elevate. Ownership. F buying cars. Cop real estate. Love your flaws, my ninja. And keep getting cake. Because who said the who said that S were flaws anyway? I like that. I like that. Shout out to Larry June. Enterprising, moving around, networking, moving, making things happen, building, creating, adding value, enhancing my network. Says keeping money in a bank keeps me stimulated. But you go a little further and says, partnerships. Build with the family, then we elevate. Now, I'm going to be real. That part right there is clutch. Because that's what I do with my family. As you expose them to the knowledge, as you expose them to information, his family could be his homies, it could be his real family, it could be his blood, whatever. But he built partnerships with the family, then we elevate. So now I ain't got to look outside. I feel safe within. Then he says ownership. So now you're talking about enterprising, money in the bank, Partnerships with the family and then ownership. Watch this. F buying cars. Cop some real estate. That's good, King. Salute to you for that, King. Because what happens is it's cool to pull up in a good car, but I can go in every hood in America and find a dope car I've even seen a Bentley in the hood. I've seen a Benz. We got Benzes in the hood now. Benz was real smart. They started saying, yo, we're going to make the Benz that's equivalent to a Honda. The entry-level Benz. But we know you worship the symbol. We're going to make the entry-level SUVs. But we know the symbol gives you status. So we're going to make the affordable Benzes. And so now we go in every hood. You can find a Benz. Certain hoods, you can find a Maserati. But in all those hoods, very few will own property. We'd rather look good than be good. We'd rather look like we made it than sacrifice to really make it. 
And so he goes a little deeper. This is what I really loved about this. And shout out to my guy, Brandon Ward, because that's who sent me this. And I told him I was going to shout him out. Shout out to my guy, Brandon Ward, Brandon Ward, for sending me this. Because I listened to the song. I said, this is a good song. But then the king went a little further because he said, love your flaws, my ninja, and keep getting cake. Because one of the things that happens is even money don't make you love yourself. I know a lot of people that got self-esteem issues And so the bins and the jewelry and the clothes are truly ways to hide their insecurities. And so when he said, love your flaws, my ninja, keep getting cake. Because who said that shit was flaws anyway? That's deep. A lot of the stuff that we look at as flaws, people looking at that like, yo, I wish they had it. You're looking at things that make you feel insecure, but those are the things that make people look at you as you're on it. Who said those flaws was flaws? I was reading a sermon this week and it said, love like God. And I sat on that for a minute. Because God loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son. Abraham loved God so much. Shut up to it. Abraham loved God so much, he was willing to sacrifice His son. But we don't love ourselves enough without the likes, without the views, without the comments. Who are you when the camera goes off? So shout out to Larry June for giving us this well track. I appreciate you, King. And what I will say is anybody have a dope well track, you can definitely DM me. Not only would I read it, if it fits the criteria, I will say it, and I will also shout you out. Shout out to that. So as we bring this episode to an end, we get into our wise words from the OG. This one I truly like to have a talk with y'all. Like to sit down, like to have a one-on-one. Because every episode we have went through a story. So let's get into these wise words from the OG.
What is the standard for your life? What level of excellence is on your life? The current quality of your life, when you look at it, is it enough? When you frame where you are now, does it correlate the essence of what you say you want? Question. Who benefits from you raising your standards? What mountains do you have to climb? Why are you timid to raise the quality of your life? And I'm not talking about the quality of your life that you compare to somebody that you see on social media. I'm talking about the quality of life that you feel and know that you deserve. We're in a time where freedom is truly in a few minor adjustments away. But we must do the core work. Core beliefs must be altered. The way you look at money must be altered. And what you truly call freedom must be redesigned. What is success? What is wealth? What is opportunity? What have our parents taught us about money? What have we taught our kids about money? What are truly our beliefs? around money. These are the limiting beliefs that keep us from being successful. I ask you again, what mountains do you have to climb? Because the enemy of you is truly the enemy in you. The enemy of you is the enemy in you. Until we change those beliefs, until we start seeing money differently, we can never truly accomplish the things we want. And so when I ask you, what have your parents taught you about money? What have you heard them speak about money? What did you truly feel about money? Because now we get to the essence of unanchoring you from that financial trauma. See, there's a level of comfort that each and every one of us feel good at. Outside of that level of comfort, it scares us. So no matter what the opportunity is, we always revert back to comfort. We always want to be Comfortable. But is that truly where disaster lies? 
Is that truly what keeps us from executing at a high standard that we know we truly are capable of? I remember jogging, and there's always this point when I'm jogging where my body starts to itch. Only my real runners know what this part is. There's a part when you start to jog where your whole body starts to itch. Your legs start to itch. Your thighs start to itch. Your butt starts to itch. Your chest starts to itch. And so you stop running because you want the itch to stop. But then you start running again. And then it starts right back up. And you realize that the only way to truly get past the itch is to keep running. But once you get past that level, you've now unlocked something new. Accomplishments are always met with adversity. And adversity is always the gateway to greatness. Who didn't give up? Who sacrificed? Who bled? Who cried? And who prayed for you to have the opportunity that you have today? And so I won't dwell on what we aren't doing, but the true focus is on what we have to do. We have to become financially literate. We have to learn how to invest for ourselves. We have to learn how to start businesses. The same reason why Reverend Brown wanted to open that bank, the same reason why O.W. Gurley started Black Wall Street, the same reason why we highlight so many people on a certified trap of the week is because there's excellence and there's power behind that black dollar. Shabota Wall Street trapper man, Thank you for another amazing episode of Trapping Tuesdays. Again, I will see you all next week at 7 o'clock. I ask that each and every one of you go subscribe to the channel and like it. Go to every streaming platform you have and check out our audio experience. Next week, we will be at 2,000 people. I'm going to claim that. And as you like and subscribe, and as you leave comments, we will be in the top 50 next week. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And Wall Street looks like us now. I'll see y'all next week.